Hey, everyone, and thank you for joining me again once again on my podcast. I'm hoping to do this at least once a week if, uh, if my schedule allows. And today we have uh, another guest with us. Her name is Stacey Loki. Stacey, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for having me. This is pretty cool. This is exciting. Yes, it's very exciting. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. I know you're pretty tired from all your matches. Um, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about, uh, about those matches you've been rec in recently? Yeah, no, it was a pretty cool opportunity. Um, one of my mentors reached out to me and said, hey, um, we're putting on this tournament that I think you might be interested in. Um, would you like to participate? And, you know, I really, you know, when you're a newbie in cyber, you kind of have to come from a place of yes. And that's how I try to operate. And you know what? This was de definitely outside of my comfort zone. I'm not really a streamer. This wasn't a game I've ever played. But uh, again, I'm trying to grow and I jump at every opportunity. And so um, I jumped at this one. And so I was participating in a red versus blue tournament, um, which was sponsored by ThreatGen. And I made it to the second round and then I lost. Well, <clears throat> I heard you lost, but uh, your team uh, supported you uh, from uh, the place you work. Where do you work again? Um, yeah, so I work at a company called Expel. They're a managed detection and response um, company based out of Virginia. Um, and so, yeah, no, they my team was was supportive along the way. I, you know, um, my boss had to give me some time off so I could play in the tournament. And so, no, it was it was a really supportive team um, to have you know, rooting me on. So I felt it felt good. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm what they call a career changer. Um, I don't have a, an educational background in cybersecurity. Um, I spent the majority of my adult life being a stay at home mom. And um, yeah, so I have two boys. Uh, I get the pleasure of working from home as a cybersecurity analyst for Excel. And um, and yeah, it's, it's been a great journey. I've been um, probably in C as an analyst uh, a, a little over a year at Expel. So. Oh, that's awesome. So I saw on your resume that you had a, a previous position was pretty interesting. You were a 911 operator. How, how was that experience? Yeah, so um, it's definitely, I don't feel like a typical uh, career. I haven't met a lot of 911 operators in my, in my journey, um, but... At the time in my life, I had just recently gotten divorced. I was trying to find a career um, that I could support my family on. And then um, I had previous customer service experience. So I just figured, okay, let me let me give this a go. It seemed like a solid career. And so I went for it. And luckily enough, I was able to get, I landed the job as a 911 operator. Um, and wow, let me just tell you what a career and what a job, what a journey that was. Um, it gave me so many skills that I still utilize today, like via communication, attention to detail, multitasking. Um, it really opened my eyes and prepared me to journey into cybersecurity. Ironically enough, it gave me like massive amounts of skills. Um, but yeah, it wasn't something that I stayed into very long. It was really an emotional, heavy job. And, um, you know, I'm an emotional person myself. And so sometimes hearing that stuff, uh, hearing the day-to-day -day phone calls can really take a lot. And it takes a special type of person to be able to really excel in a career like that. And um, it just it ended up being just not a right fit. And it had me it had me wanting more. You know, I wanted I wanted more for myself. Yeah, so... 
you, you found cybersecurity. So what was your aha moment? And I guess you had it while you were in uh, working in 911, at 911. Yeah. What was your aha moment that says, I, cybersecurity, it's something I want to do. How, how did it come to you? How, how did you know you wanted to, it's something you wanted to do? Yeah, so when I was trying to get back into the workforce, um, the area where I live in um, in Georgia, it has a really big signal base. Um, so that's an army base that focuses on like military intelligence and stuff like that. And um, so there's a lot of contract cybersecurity jobs. And I had heard that they paid very well. And before getting into 911, I had tried my hand on just studying for the Security Plus test on my own. And as an outsider studying for Security Plus, uh, that's pretty daunting. Like those books are thick. If you don't know where to start and you don't have a community, it's just, it, it's it's a pretty intimidating task. And so um, I was like, okay, maybe cybersecurity isn't for me. And then I, I did 911 and I was like, yo, like I want more for my life. This isn't it. How, how do I take my life to the next level? And I was like, let's take, let's take another look at cybersecurity. And, you know, I talked with my family. I talked with my boyfriend at the time. I really wanted to dive in. So I went, I went all in. Um, I enrolled into a boot camp. I told my job, thank you. It's been a wonderful experience, but I want to like refocus. I want to pivot. And um, so I enrolled at a boot camp, um, put on through Georgia Tech. And that was a game changer for me. I knew it was, I was a single mom. It was my one opportunity. So I threw everything at it. I, you know, put my camera on um, every class. I asked a ton of questions. I met with the professor. Um, I started sharing my journey on LinkedIn. I was, I was committed to making the most out of this opportunity that I'd been given. And, um, and I knew it, this was my big moment. And so I just, I just grabbed it. You know, I would not want to go back to 911. I wanted something more. So I think, I think that's kind of it. Oh, that's perfect. That's a great, that's a great way to get into it. And that's how you got in. So how did you find your, your first job? Just, did you just apply online? Did, did you knew someone? So like, I think the angle that most people hear um, when I kind of tell how I got my job is a recruiter reached out and asked if I wanted to apply at Expel. And of course I did. The part that I think gets glossed over is there was about three months where I was applying to every job. I was, you know, I think I had like 200, 200 jobs that I applied for. I probably did 30 interviews. Um, you know, I did probably, I can't even tell you how many networking and Zoom calls that I did. Uh, there was a lot of work leading up to that moment when that recruiter reached out. So yeah, there was a golden moment where a recruiter reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to apply? But there was some blood, sweat, and tears that went into making that moment happen. So did they reach out to you via LinkedIn or somewhere else? Yeah, it was it was via LinkedIn. Like I said, so when I decided that I wanted to do my boot camp, um, I think especially for career changers, um, when at that point I had quit my job. So it really was all or nothing. I was a single mom with two kids and I was like, I have to make this work. There is no there's no going back. You know, I want more for us. And so um, I just I, I shared all the project I was doing, the, the resources I was learning. Um, if someone said like how I met one of my first mentors, she put out a thing and said like, um, hey, if anyone wants to meet with me, you know, drop a comment and I'll meet with you. And I did it. And you know what? She's still a mentor to me today. Like I just grasped every opportunity that I stumbled upon and I made it work. However, wow. however, like that's, weird it that's, looks. That's amazing. That's absolutely yeah. amazing. That's great. Um, 
Not a lot. So I don't know if a lot of people know what an analyst does. So why don't you just tell me what it is? A, your your title is analyst, uh, associate detection response analyst. What does the job entails on a day to day basis? Yeah. So um, I a little bit about the company first is so I work for a managed detection and response agency or um, company. So that means you know um, one of the one of the like highlights of working for a company like Expel is it's a bring your own tech company. So companies come with their own tech, whether endpoint technology or network, and they bring it and they give it to Excel. And then um, it gets all integrated. And then an analyst like myself will work the alerts that those um, security technologies surface. So whether it's like, you know, like a pan alert or, you know, endpoint alert, uh, a sim alert, identity alerts, cloud alerts, the list goes on. And so um, I work those and triage them. Um, if you can think of it kind of like an urgent care, we are, you know, for scrapes, cuts, bruises, even breaks, you know, we try to get you out and on your way as soon as possible. We are there to triage the alerts that surface. Got it. Awesome. Uh, that sounds really interesting, actually. Yeah, no, it's it's really I feel like I really lucked out um, becoming an analyst at it, one at an MDR and then two at an MDR like expel because. I get the lay of the land with security technologies. I mean, it ranges like- NMDR, it's managed tech response. I'm just telling it to yeah. people. If, if they're watching and they want to get yeah. into the field and they don't know what it is yet. <laughs> yes, yes. So, I mean, there's a plenty of different SOC analysts. Um, you know, most companies have their own SOC. And so you're going to be working with one type of tech, one type of SIM. Um, and then when you work for a company like like Expel, a managed detection response, sometimes the, the tech stack varies. And for me, um, the company that I landed with, their tech stack ended up being ginormous. And it can be super intimidating coming into a situation like that. But ultimately, I think it's one that has allowed their stock like major retention. Like, you know, they, who you want to be able to have variety. If you're looking at alerts all day, you want to be able to break it up and look at a variety of different alerts. Perfect. And and what's the, what do you think was the biggest challenge getting into the industry or getting into be a, in cybersecurity? Um, the biggest challenge, I think the biggest challenge for me, and I think it's probably pretty relevant still today, is um, the endurance, the endurance that it takes. I know when I broke into cyber, it was a pretty steep climb. And I think nowadays that climb has gotten even steeper. And so the biggest challenge is to being able to withstand and to keep learning, to keep growing, and to keep staying on this path because you're going to hear a lot of no's. You're going to hear a lot of, oh, you need this, sir, or you need this experience. I mean, it is really, you really have to build a thicker skin to be able to carry on consistently because if this really is a field that you love and that you want to do, it's definitely, it's worth it. It's, it's so, it's, it's worth it. It's, it's life-changing. It is. Yeah. So it's, 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 Getting into the uh, industry, it's life changing, and, and it's it's a lifetime kind of uh, co co commitment. Yeah. You're going to do it your entire life. It's not something that you right. pick it's up and then says, "Hey, I don't want to do it anymore." It's you just no. keep doing it because you care. Yeah, yeah, no, I I completely agree, and I think that's one of the huge draws about cybersecurity is you might land in a spot where like, okay, this isn't the right job for me. But this field has so many different pivots available that once you're in, it's like you can almost grow anywhere. And I think that's what makes this field really alluring to others. I know it does to myself. It's like you can't really get pigeonholed anywhere. It's like every skill that you learn in this industry is only going to be an asset to your career later on down the road.
Yeah, exactly. Um, what's the biggest advice, the best advice you can give that all these people that are trying to, to get into uh, uh, the cybersecurity field? Now, before you answer, if you guys will have any questions for Stacy on how uh, her path and how she got in or um, advice to ask her, uh, feel free to leave it in the comments. Uh, we'll see it. I'll put it on the screen and Stacey will be more than happy to, uh, to answer them. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I think my advice, I mean, some of the advice is, is repeated endlessly. I think like, you know, you got to learn how to network, you need, you know, you need to learn, you need to study, you need, you know, having certs isn't, I mean, is it can be helpful depending on what the role is. But I think the biggest advice um, that I have for people is to make sure this is something that you are really passionate about and that you really love because, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time, um, you know, studying away from your family. There's going to be some huge frustrating moments that you you encounter. There's some huge wins like, you know, there's killer conferences. We get these you see these massive paychecks online. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you really got to love this field because it does require a lot. And, you know, if you don't, if you're not really passionate, I think, you know, um, with how competitive it is, hiring managers, coworkers, uh, your bosses, they're going to be able to see that and replace you with somebody who is passionate about it. And we have a question from Ori. Do you have uh, completed any certificates before entering the field? Okay, hot take, Ori. Um, so I have two certifications. However, they're not security certifications. I have um, my uh, cloud practitioner, AWS cloud practitioner, and I have, I think, the AZ900, which is Azure's um, entry-level uh, cloud certificate. So I do not have any any security certifications. Um but I, I think I'm a little bit of an outlier. Um, I don't think that's that's the industry norm. Um, I was able to pivot, to hustle, to provide experience, to study, to convince um, the right folks that you know I was the person for the job. And um, since being in the industry, actually, I started as a phishing analyst, and then I was promoted to an associate MDR analyst. So um, it really is one of those situations sometimes in cyber is like once you get your foot in the door, uh, it can allow you to pivot and to grow based off just that experience alone. So I've been I've been lucky that way. Um, but I know that's not the case in different industries require different standards. I know the military um, has really rigid standards. Um, I think government. Um, Again, there's just there's certain industries where it does require uh, those certifications to to really succeed in the field. Um, so yeah, it, it just it just depends. And another. Question. Oh my gosh! I just saw all the comments. I didn't. I didn't see. Oh yeah, it. we can put it on the screen so we can put oh, wow. all the questions on the I screen. Just, Here we go. I just saw all those. those are, oh how cool! So uh, what beginner tools the recruiters look for generally? So I guess uh, he's referring to probably like tools that you used before. Um, like uh, security, security tools, web beginner tools, the recruiter look for generally. Um, okay. So when I went in, so the entry role that I applied for that the recruiter reached out to me about was actually a phishing analyst role. Um, so that means I was going to be triaging uh, phishing emails. Um, an end user thinks the email looks weird to the phishing department. That's me. And then um, 
and then I would triage it accordingly. So uh, on that sense, I think I just had some basic OSINT, um, OSINT sites that I, I said I would reference or whatnot. Um, I think Browserling is a big one. Um, virus total, of course, who is to check to see how old the domain is. I know for phishing, phishing domains are notoriously like, you know, seven days old, created three days ago. Um, so knowing how to check to see how old the domain is. Um, I don't know if you guys use Epios ever, um, but you can check the reputation of Google emails on Epios. Uh, there's emailrep.io. You can check the reputations of emails on that. Um, those were some of the the major phishing uh, tools that, again, that was relevant for me of where I was at. Um, however, when I pivoted and applied for MDR, um, they didn't ask me so much about what tools. They were more curious about my mindset and how I would triage and alert what things I would look for. Um, you know, say if there was a commodity malware alert, like what types they wanted to know my mindset. That was what they were more interested in. Perfect. Uh, we have many questions, so let's go one by one. Oh, wow. I passed an initial screening and now have a technical interview coming up uh, a week from today. What advice? And uh, Samuel uh, reached out to me earlier and I told him to come in and ask you that question because you would probably have a better advice than I do. Um, oh. Can you uh, give anyone of me preparing for their technical interview? Uh, it's with three other people over Zoom and it's supposed to last for an hour. Yo, sometimes that that's super intimate. I mean, it's helpful that they give you that information, but it's also really intimidating to know like, oh, there's gonna be three other people there. Um, I think so with technical interviews, it's tough because just like certifications, there's plenty of different avenues and things to study for. And so how do you how do you even begin to prepare for something like that? Of course, there's always that like what happens when I press Google? There's some like just basic um, IT infrastructure questions that you know you should be prepared to know. But in my experience, and usually what happens when I, I help other or like when I'm giving advice to other analysts who are applying for a job, I usually tell them to stick to MITRE, um, to know attacker behavior and to know, you know, basic defense. Like, you know, if, if somebody does click on malware, you know, what are you going to look for? You're going to look to see if that malware executes. And then what are you going to look for? You're going to look for C2 domains. You're going to want to see if, you know, it called out to anywhere to reach that second payload. You want to know if that second payload paid or pulled down and, you know, is running and installing. You want to check for beaconing stuff. So I think if you know the attacker behavior and if you know that framework and can talk about it intelligently, I think that's going to give you a huge advantage of, them saying, wow, he actually knows his stuff. He sounds experienced or she sounds experienced, you know? And um, I think that can go a long way uh, when when talking about skills specifically relating to a SOC analyst. I'm not quite sure if this is, if this is for an, an analyst role, but that's usually the default advice that I give to people is to think like an analyst, be able to be flexible. What are you gonna look for to see, you know, to anticipate an attacker's behavior? and how to remediate it. Perfect. And scrolling through, is it required to have a degree or can you stick with certification and be okay? Um, I This probably goes to what sector you're in. Um, like I said before, I know the government sector is really rigid and I'm sure certain industries are really rigid depending on the type of information that you're handling. Um, so for me personally, I don't have a bachelor's degree. I have an associate's degree in general studies. And um, 
and that that's currently where I'm at. I know I've talked uh, with my own um, with my own managers and talking about trying to advance um, within my own company. And you know, certifications at where I'm where I'm at are always looked upon as you know good things to have, but aren't requirements. So I think it just depends where you're trying to grow and what the company's expectations are. So I think certifications definitely um, be enough. And I think experience goes even further. Um, but it, it's it's personal to each company and it, it's personal to you. What what type what type of time do you want to invest, you know, and where? Perfect. Uh, let's see, scrolling down. And this is a good question, actually. Uh, I see a lot of cybersecurity job seekers that don't have much experience with networking, TCPIP, PCAP, etc. Do you think having knowledge of the network that transports all the bad behavior is important? Oh, 100. I think, I mean, so there, it's kind of like twofold. I definitely don't think you need to have a bachelor's degree, all the certifications to land a job, but boy, do I think it's helpful. And, and this, this goes to your question as well. You know, some jobs might not require you to know all the network protocol, but man, you're going to make your life as an analyst or probably whatever you do in cyber that much easier. If you have these technical foundations, um, it's doable without, but, you know, I don't really feel like you're going to set yourself up for success um, to not have it. And you can always get it later. Yeah, you can. Like I said, it's it's possible. But I think if you want to give yourself the best shot and to, like, blow the recruiter, blow the hiring manager, or just even, you know, be a solid team player to your other fellow analysts, um, you know, having those foundations is important. And trust me, in a field like this, where you feel like an imposter all the time, any little win that you can have or any little like badge that you have, to, like, you know, that you feel comfortable with and owning, I mean, you're, you're setting yourself up for success on a personal level. Perfect. And here we go. More questions. Um, okay. So isn't it difficult to do this job without SEC plus certificate? Well, I mean, truthfully, I wouldn't know. I don't, I don't have my security plus certificate and I've been able to get promoted and I've been in the SOC for 10 plus months as an MDR analyst. Um, so yeah, I definitely think security plus helps, but it's not the end all be all. Um, you know, there's other ways to get that experience that is just as relevant, you know, just as thorough. Uh, having that nice badge on your LinkedIn or on your resume probably does help, not going to lie. Um, but it's it's still just, just a piece of paper. So you really, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people who have the Security Plus who probably, you know, can't utilize or speak to some of the concepts there, you know, in, in a thorough, in a thorough manner. So I, I don't think it's the end all be all. I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I think it's a good thing to have, but um, I don't know. I've been able to navigate my career. Okay. Without having it. Do I want to get it one day? Yeah. I think I'm going to give it a shot just for moments like this, just because um, I do feel like other people value it like really high. Um, but it's not necessarily something that I need to have. Hey, hey Caroline, how are you? 
Oh, I'm nervous. Um, <laughs> even though I'm just asking you a question, uh, <laughs> but I work with Stacy just for context and Ron graciously invited me on here to ask my question. So I actually wanted to see, you know, what has been your biggest win since being in cybersecurity? So like beyond getting the job offer, beyond taking the job offer. Um, and, you know, it's up to your discretion. You don't have to say, oh, well, this looked good on my resume or whatever. You know, what is most fulfilling or exciting to you that you've done so far? Yeah, I think the biggest win that I've had is that, like, I found a career. Like, you know, I mean, that sounds so cheesy. Um, my, uh, I think, you know, sometimes you meet people and they tell you that they love what they do. They wake up every morning and, you know, they wouldn't change it for the world. Like, I think if you talk to most teachers, you know, sure, they have frustrations with the job, but they have this passion. They have something that they're excited about. And you can just tell that they were meant to be a teacher. And I think likewise, you know, landing a job into cyber, being able to provide security for my boys, to have structure, to I work from home. I'm here for them when they come when they come home from school. I found something that I'm excited about, that I can be passionate to study, that, you know, it's it's provided me endless opportunities. You know, I talked about how I got to play uh, red versus blue. Um, I've met loads of people like Caroline, uh, like Ron. Um, it's worked wonders for like, you know, my confidence, you know, technically we like, I've just up leveled a thousand percent from where I, from where I was. I don't, I, I mean, I can't begin to tell you the massive, positive impact that cybersecurity has had on me professionally and personally. And so I'm a really big advocate on LinkedIn to help other people break in because I really think you can change your life. You can change your family's life. And, you know, I've experienced that firsthand. And if I can like help someone achieve that in their own life, hundred percent sign me up. I'm there. I want to, you know, I want y'all to like up level with me too, because I mean, I just, I can't recommend cybersecurity enough. Awesome. And we have a comment. It's not a question. It's a comment from uh, JJ. Uh, so JJ um, commented about the technical interview. It will typically use open questions to test your understanding of concepts and uh, constructs within security. Make sure you have a solid knowledge to talk about it. So when you're preparing for these kind of interviews, make sure it's not, it's not going to be a yes, no question. It's not going to be the sun is blue. Uh, the sky is blue. The sun is yellow. It's going to be Explain to me how this and this is done, and you'll have to talk about it for a good period of time. So thank you, JJ. I appreciate that input here. Um, Ori is asking again, has your prior experience in 911 helped you in your current role? Oh, 100. I think like communication. Um, so working in 911, you know, communicating uh, to your peers what's going on constantly just so the way um, the RSOC works is um, we're kind of all on the same, obviously we're on the same team. And so, but we also help each other a lot. And so to be able to like adequately communicate what you're working on and if you need help with it uh, is 100% important. And then likewise, you know, communicating to the customer what's going on in their environment. You need to do it both on a technical level so they know like, okay, these are the actual hashes or these are the, you know, binaries that you need to block or the situation that's going on. But you also need to do it in a professional manner where, you know, 
you're not talking down to anybody. It's just, it's, I mean, it's just exponential. Communication is so important as an analyst. You definitely don't want to bombard anybody with too much technical jargon, but at the same time, you need to give them the relevant information. And so I think working at 911 has helped me kind of like, um, refine some of the things that I speak or how I speak and also really helped me up level that communication, getting those comms out to both my, my peers, um, management of things that I need help with or, you know, different integrations, how they're working and then, you know, to customers as well. So, I, I mean, it's, it's just a, a blanket out everywhere. <laughs> and uh, one other question for this one before last, uh, hello, I'm aware that there are so many branches in cybersecurity, uh, but as a recent graduate and looking for internship followed by uh, a full-time job, how do I choose the path, grab a, uh, grab an opportunity, and what would be steps to achieve it? Thank you. Yeah, so this is a great question. And I feel like a lot of, like, when you're just entering cyber, you kind of have this thing. And like I'm really guilty of it, too. Like, I want to know what the next step is, like, I so I can plan and prepare. I mean, that's just kind of how I am. I want to be able to prepare for the next step. And I think the trick is when you're entering cyber, you just really need to come from a place of yes. So that means if it's a GRC opportunity, if it's an engineering opportunity, if it's a SOC opportunity, if it's even a sales opportunity, at, that, at this point in the game, you're just wanting to get your foot in the door, right? So this is where you come from a place of yes. This is where you apply for like a job that's a little bit outside your comfort zone or you know a role that maybe you don't have all the qualifications for, but you go ahead and take a shot anyways. This is where you, you know, someone comes with you like, hey, you want to do the CTF together? You say yes, because you don't know who you're going to meet along the way, what additional opportunities that's going to provide. So I think it's really important at the beginning of your journey just to come from a place of yes, not to block out anything. I mean, unless it's just something that you know right off the bat, nope, not happening, not doing it. Definitely don't settle. But I definitely do think you need to not limit yourself because I know when I was in boot camp, I really like cloud stuff. And I was like, that's what I really want to do. I want to be a cloud engineer or a, you know, a cloud architect. And then I became a SOC analyst. And you know, I love what I do. And had I just like shut down the SOC, analyst, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here today. So um, I think coming from a place of yes and just being open to the opportunities and grabbing everything. And Ori's uh, once again, last question. It's a wound mostly in male dominated field. Uh, do you have any challenges like working harder or to stand out and, and seek promotions? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think um, hot take. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I do, um, but I've combated this too. It's, you know, luckily I work in a culture and environment that is super supportive and encouraging. I'm able to have open dialogues with my peers about certain, prom like about promotions. Um, and then I think as a female too, I've combated this with stacking my mentor line with a good bit of female mentors. And this helps me for reality checks for moments where I'm like, am I being singled out because I'm a female? They can be like, no, Stacey, this is just like, it's not your time yet. Or they can be like, yeah, Stacey, you need to speak up. So sometimes it can be harder, but I think if you if you set set your stack, like if you stack your mentors right with both male and female to get that those diverse um, opinions and you place yourself in the right environment, which I did with my work as a super supportive workspace open, 
I think you can set yourself up for success despite it being a mostly male dominated field, um, you know, where you look around and there's just not a lot of females and even fewer minorities. Awesome. That was the last question. There's one uh, um, last comment from Carolyn and she says she loved this uh, come from a place of yes. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think it's been important and it can be awkward and uncomfortable. And, you know, I think the hardest thing when trying to the cyber for me was just starting to do Zoom calls. That was so awkward, cringy. That was a tough muscle to like flex and to learn. But had I not done that, again, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have had half the mentors that I have today. So you got to do uncomfortable stuff. You got to come from a place to yes. And I, I do feel like some of those like basic skills will really pay off tenfold um, for your career as you're building it. Perfect. That's been awesome. Thank you for being with us. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, I'll see you next time. Thank you, Stacey. Thank you so much, Ron. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for having me.